0: Now it's Sterling, Foden moving nicely in front of it. Phil Foden, hits the post, nearly got past one, then two, then plays it into Sterling, that will do nicely, send it against the post, England very nearly, strike Grealish, a lovely little ding ball is put into the back of the net by Raheem Sterling, and England lead the Czech Republic by a goal to nil inside 12 minutes. Grealish, Shaw across for Sterling. He's got the run through the middle, it is Thomas Muller, England's nemesis, but not this time. And now Grealish, Grealish in! In comes the captain! 2-0 England! And that is it. It's finally happened. England beat Germany. A major tournament. Sterling's got it through to Kane now, and Harry Kane has found the net. There's McGuire. Shaw. Kane! Ukraine blow! Corner, there's another one. Jordan Henderson has his first goal for England, and England have their fourth of the night. It's gonna be Damscott. It was dipping, it was delightful. That is some sort of wonder strike from Mikhail Damscott. Dacker who got round the back this time, Sterling. This really is Raheem's dream! Going around them mall and Sterling down in the box! It is a penalty for England! Schmeichel saves! Kane is there to follow in! Trippier who will cross and it's Luke Shaw! Shaw's first ever goal for his country is the fastest
1: ever scored in a European Championship final. Hello and welcome back to the final episode of What the Folk at the Euros. As you can probably tell by my voice, it's not been the ending that we wanted, but in a sense, and hopefully in hindsight, it was a tournament that we can look back on with a, a lot of joy, a lot of happiness and a lot of ultimately Good memories as opposed to bad ones but we are here to react as best as we can to England's defeat on penalties last night to Italy and um, we've reacted to every game during the tournament and I haven't really scripted anything or put any questions in place for this one. Um I prefer to be a bit raw and we were going to maybe record last night but I think the rawness of that would have been far too much but um less than 24 hours later I hope I hope everyone's coping as best as they can and and seeing the positive side of what's been a really positive, fun tournament to be part of, Um, and hopefully, um, by the time you end up listening to this, you'll be ready for Qatar in 2022, or maybe not. Um, To join us is just the sole soldier today, it's um, Matt, because everyone else is oddly at work, terrible bosses, not letting them have their day off, Um, but Matt from Jills in the Blood as always, how are you doing, mate? Are you all right?
2: Uh, Yeah, me. It's just a big hole, isn't there? Regardless yeah. of the result, there's just a massive hole. It's like, that's it. It's done. There's there's no more Euros. There's no more. And then you had Wimbledon as well. And, you know, people might not like tennis, but it's like for the last two weeks or three, four, five weeks, there's just been constant, like, top level elite sport, free to air, which is absolutely brilliant. And, and now there's not. And then you couple that with the fact that we got beat on penalties. It's just a big feeling of meh and and just, I mean, I'm coming to terms with it now. It was horrible last night. I cried like a baby. I had, it was me, my wife and my three kids. And they're all girls. Um, so firstly, I think we have to make reference to her game too, that are doing a wonderful job still. Absolutely. And well, I thought I was all right. <laughs> um, we all sat there holding hands for the penalty shootouts and they scored Kane scored Pickford saved McGuire slapped one in broke the camera and thought it was our time desperately wanted it to be our time um, but we know how it ended
1: Yeah no absolutely right mate and I obviously made the, the cardinal mistake of watching it in Glasgow and obviously I think we'll get um, we'll get on to it about some of the, the horrible things that have happened since which I don't want to touch on too much but to ignore it would be ignorance to it um and i had to deal with a lot of um scottish and i'll put it in inverted commas fans because i know it's a minority uh singing songs about harry kane and his alleged disablement which left me with a a really bitter taste in my mouth and if you were one of those people singing it or not singing it and accepting it and and taking it on the chin and and laughing about it think about what you're doing Um, and same with the the people who decided the first port of call would be to abuse someone for the color of their skin immediately on social media but we'll get into it um but we'll start off with the I suppose the goods really um it was all a bit mad before the game wasn't it like in terms of what you've seen on the TV and the the nerves for the entire day eight o'clock kickoff didn't help anyone's nerves and then you sit down you just get ready to watch a final and then we score the quickest final goal ever scored, I think, in the Euros. Um but for some reason when that went in after the euphoria of it, there was an overriding emotion for me of um Kieran Trippierism um against Croatia. Like, is that too early? Did that did that come into your mind when we scored? Like, is it too early?
2: No. Not even a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. I think I was just so caught up in the moment that we were winning in a European final, in a major international tournament. And it was wonderful to be part of it, whether that was in a fan park, on your sofa, in a pub, in the ground, wherever you was. And and we've and we've referenced the 3 lions song throughout the tournament. And it's not us being arrogant English people. It's us hoping against hope because it always goes bloody wrong at some point. And, and again, we're going to have to re, re rehash the version and add in... Marcus Rashford or, you know, Jadon Sancho or Bukayo Saka and uh, it hurts and it will take a while to get over because as much as it's been a brilliant tournament and we've pushed barriers again and broken down barriers and improved again and, and Gareth Southgate's taken us to levels that we've not been for a long time, it's the fact that we could see that trophy and, and we could almost touch it and then it got snatched away and it's, yeah, it hurts and it's, and it's going to take a while to get over probably until (laughs) either we go and watch some crappy friendly, whether that's Jules for me or Sunderland for you and and, and see our mates again or whether that's waiting for the next England game. It's
1: funny, Um, I was, I was watching the, um, one night in Chew the night, well, the morning before and the night before and it's that moment with, um, Bobby Robson in Gaza and, and Gaza's like crying and he's he's saying like you've you know you've been wonderful throughout the tournament. Um, you know, it's it's just your first and obviously as we now know it, it was Gaza's first and last, um, because England didn't qualify in '94 and, and Huddle didn't pick him in nineteen ninety-eight. Um, and I look back on that, and I mean I was four years old in that, and uh, I don't remember it in the way I would remember it if I was the age I am now or even a bit younger, but nineteen ninety six, obviously remembering. It's funny. I think. I think what leaves such a big hole with stuff like that is ninety six. Still, kind of hurts.
2: Like ninety six will always hurt. I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, this one will. Croatia always hurt. and and I just, I just repeated again and again and again yesterday. I just, for once, I I wanted to be us. And there's so much pride in them. So much pride in. um, They're my favorite England team that I've ever followed, but. There is an element of um, why never us to, to kind of flip the Mario Balotelli phrase back around. But I think, you know, looking looking at the game and stuff like that, the first half, because of the disappointment, maybe he's been forgot about a little bit, but um, he changed the formation, which I don't think anyone apart from Tom, obviously, third tier Tom kind of guessed. He, he nailed it. called it, yeah. Fair play to him. And. Why do you think that worked so well in the first half?
2: Because
1: um. I've struggled to pinpoint it, if I'm honest. Why why did that work and then not, suddenly totally not work second half? Because is it down to the Italians' experience? Did they just like know what to do to change what was going against them and shut down Trippier and and Shaw because they were running riot for 35 minutes.
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because he didn't change the system, Mancini. He changed the personnel, but he didn't change the system. So it's not like he matched it up and pushed our wings-backs back with their wing-backs. But yeah, for the first 25, 30 minutes, the left-back and the right-back were being made to look Sunday league. We, Mm -hmm. We constantly had an overload. We constantly looked like we had a spare player. And it was so obvious, even watching it on the telly, and then the replay with the, you know, the, the camera from above, the bird's eye view, that there was so much space. Walker was so good at being the one that got on the outside or got on the inside to then allow Trippier to go on the overlap or if Trippier come inside, then Walker was becoming the wing-back effectively and it worked to absolute perfection. And I suppose now with hindsight, you can say, yeah, we did score too early and we probably went into our shell a little bit and if we scored halfway through the first half, we might have continued to try and press and, and to go and get the second and... We played into Italy's hands, unfortunately, a little bit, but I, I can't put my finger on why Why he changed the system because he's generally matched up other teams throughout the tournament. We've got the German game. But then it was perfect against the Germans, so I'm not going to sit here and say that Gareth Southgate's got it wrong because he knows a darn sight more about this group of players than I ever will. Um, and he knows a darn sight more about top-level football than I ever will. Um, But it comes back to Italy are just a bloody good side, don't they? They're 34 unbeaten now since the last World Cup. 34 unbeaten in international football. That's an incredible record. And I know I sat here on the preview show and said if you look at the teams they've played, you'd expect most top teams, England, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, Portugal, Holland, to to bash them sides. You know, we're looking at like Liechtenstein's, Andorra's, that type of thing. It's um, very winnable games. But, It's still 34 games of elite-level football unbeaten. And this is a team that didn't qualify for the last major tournament. So they've completely flipped it on its head. I think, again, and I've said it on previous shows, that we have this over-tendency to blame people in England, I feel. And it, it absolutely drives me up the wall. Sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up and say, they reacted quickly to it. They changed how they played. Mancini tweaked it. Perhaps Southgate didn't react quick enough to counter what they'd counted on us. But this is a bloke who's led a team that's conceded two goals in the tournament. We haven't lost a game in 90 minutes or 120 minutes all tournament. We were so, so close to European glory. And I'm convinced if Marcus Rashford's penalty goes in off the post... We probably would be sitting here today half-pissed, hungover, talking about the fact that there's hopefully going to be a parade or whatever. I'm not sure if we'd have been allowed because of COVID still, but we're not. But we took this team that's 34 games unbeaten right to the wire, right to the point where we were three 12-yard spot kicks away from winning the whole thing, just to make us both feel even more heartbroken.
1: Yeah, it was always going to be penalties, wasn't it?
2: It was the two best sides in the tournament by distance for me. Easy. It was two of the best managers in the tournament by distance for me. And they just found a way to get over the line, unfortunately.
1: I think someone, a neutral fan, said to me beforehand, my worry would be, if I was an England fan, that as good as Southgate has been, he's gone up against a really good experienced manager that is at least as equal with a lot more experience. And I think because I, I can't blame anyone on the pitch, really. Um, and, and the the scary but good thing, I said to you earlier, Matt, like, it feels like this is the last opportunity. It feels like I might never get this again, but it's going to feel like that when you, it feels like you've got to be ripped out. It sometimes does feel like that. I said that after the Croatia game, and lo and behold, three years later, <laughs> we're in a final. So like you just never know these things. Um, but... Apart from maybe Ukraine, it never felt like this team, England, really hit the full pelt that they could probably hit. They were good, very good in spells. But there's, I still feel there's another level for the England, the England team to go, and maybe that'll come with experience. I mean, I'm looking through the England team that was there, and it came to me when I seen how old the penalty takers were, that that miss, and Saka, 19, he's got four, five, six tournaments left in him if he keeps on going at progression he's at. Um Rashford 23 he's got another four left in him Um and Sancho's just gone for 70-80 million pounds to Manchester United he'll have he'll probably play for England for the next 10 years you've got players there that you know when that when that happens you wouldn't wish it on anyone at least not a 19 year old kid 21 year old kid 23 year old kid and that's what they are like they're, they're more than a decade younger than me and that's a big set of bollocks for them to have and, and take those penalties but um, I think it was actually Rashford that said it, or it's on his mural or something, which was frustratingly and disgracefully, obviously, he faced um, I've seen that. Nice. today. But I've seen something where it says, um, I can't quite remember the exact phrasing, but it's like basically like you, your downfall, you, the, you the comeback from it can define you basically. And, what, and I'm sure I'm not the only person saying it, but like not just the players that missed the penalty, but the whole squad there that would be sitting there hurting, even the oldest ones of Henderson and um, Kyle Walker, they've got another tournament that they should realistically be going to in less than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, if Croatia defined them enough to get to a final, and I'm not saying we're going to win Qatar. You just never know. It depends who turns up in the tournament. But the nucleus of that squad, are to use a North phrase, Baines, and if they mm-hmm. can push an experienced why the Italian side that have probably been, in hindsight, the best side in the tournament? Probably. Like, what's the next? We've
2: got a trophy at the end of the day, I don't we? So they have to be <laughs> the best team in the tournament. So,
1: But it feels, going back maybe, what, 10 years ago that would that have been Costa Rica? and we got knocked out in the group stages? At the 2014 World Cup? 2014. So we're knocking on, give or take, 10 years. And you look now at where we're at, and you think uh, how close so, we thought we were. I said the other day, didn't I? The
2: 2014 yeah. World Cups, when I tweeted or put on Facebook afterwards and said, I've got absolutely no chance of seeing this England team get to a match an, an international tournament final. And seven years later, we've... Gareth Southgate's been in the job five years. He got the job by accident. Everyone saw him as a caretaker. Um, when was the last semi-final before he took over? 1996.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One before that, 1990. He's got us to two in five years and a final. If you class, he's he's playing climate England. He's got us to three three Or technically four if you class the Nations League. Yeah, yeah. So people just need to have a little bit of perspective on this whole Gareth Southgate thing straight away last night. And this was an account I saw last night and, and I ended up having to come off Twitter quickly because I was going to end up getting in a row last night, such was my mood, but... A football league account that's got like thirty-seven thousand followers. I don't know whether the geezer would had, had a shandy or whatever, but like Gareth Southgate's a PE teacher. And I noticed this morning he's deleted the tweet. Well, if you stand by that opinion, at least have the cojones yes. to leave it up there. Don't do it for clickbait and likes, and then when someone pulls you on it, delete it because you just make yourself look like a dick.
1: Stand by it, like if that's your thoughts and your opinion. Yeah, if that's your stand by really and back your it up. opinion.
2: Don't delete it, but if you delete it, to me, it just looks like you've done it for clickbait and you and then you've woken up and thought, oh, I look like a bit of a, a knob here. So I'm going to delete it and try and cover it up.
1: I mean, a big, thing, a, big, a big thing for me with Southgate is I think a lot of people are going, oh, he did this wrong, he did that one, he did the other thing wrong. Well, the one thing I could say with Southgate is I don't think anyone's beyond criticism. And I definitely think he I made know. mistakes. 100%. But there's
2: ways to do it. That's the trouble. Of course.
1: The one thing that encourages me about Gareth Southgate is he seems to learn
2: from it. And I think what you've already mentioned, the next stage of his learning, will be developing this and trying to get the balance right if we do play a back three or a back five maybe it's not the way to go um, to get the offensive players. Because if we go back to that first half last night, Harry Kane was dropping deep, linking play, and then we was getting Shaw and Trippier on. We was getting Sterling in behind a little bit. Mount, unfortunately, had a poor game, but that's did, yeah. that's by the by. He's he's probably he's had a very underwhelming tournament, I think, for a kid of his ability. Um, but second half, Cialini and, and Bonucci got a lot closer to Kane and then we didn't have a focal point. He dropped deep but he was getting so deep. He was on the halfway lines. He was just effectively giving it back to Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips. And the, the wingbacks got pressed back and, and to the point where we had to change the whole system. So you have to say Mancini won that battle. But like you said, Gareth Southgate tends to learn pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I feel and like I can't keep coming back to it enough. The fact that he just gets what England is all about and what it means as a fan, as a player, as a manager to represent your country and, I Don't want anyone else leading our national team at the moment.
1: I think the question I know it's, it's a question that I don't like when I get it with Sunderland and I say, Don't have this, I, I want rid of this manager because the first question is, Well, who else would there be? Um, but I'm going to use it uh, for this one as well. Southgate for me is 100% the right man, 110%. I want him to be in charge of this team for the next 10 years as long as he continues on this progression i'm more than happy to do what he's doing he, he commands my respect he commands the country's respect some idiots might not um well some they call them idiots it's their opinion but some people who don't see that i don't understand um but it's a small minority i think most people get it get a, get him understand what he's doing but i think even if you were to get rid of him tell tell me who you're going to bring in you're going to go foreign again? You're going to go get Fabio Capello? You're going to go through that, that again?
2: That never worked, did it? Ericsson no. didn't work. Eric Sven had the, had the golden generation, never got past the quarter-final. Fabio Capello, I meant to have had a great group of players. We ended up with Wayne Rooney shouting down a camera after a nil-nil <laughs> draw with Algeria. Um, Roy Hodgson.
1: Put Harry Kane on corners.
2: <laughs> got sacked. Harry Kane taking six pieces <laughs> and free kicks, yeah, and, and lost, to, lost to Iceland. So, if we're sitting here and we're going... And we do it as clubs, don't we? We do that as club fans. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go, oh, you know, people go, oh, Jules is shit. But you go, well, go back to the 80s and the early 90s before Paul Scully came in who takes a lot of batterings. And it was a lot worse then. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to be better now. It doesn't mean I don't want to get in the championship as a Jules fan. But there has to be some sort of perspective. Jules are 126 years old, or 127, and they've spent five years outside of the bottom two tiers of the English game. So there's an order. It's the same with England.
1: I think if you can see your progression it's like it's so easy to to stay behind it and yeah that's the one thing i hope is that with england and i think about when southgate took over and now i'll be honest i was i, I was born and grew up a very proud english kid that grew up to be a very proud english man and i think anyone who follows my personal twitter account will see will see that over this last month how proud i am in, in previous tournaments and not in a kind of like flag shagging, like three lines on my forehead kind of patriotic way. I'm just very proud of where I'm from and the memories that I've made following the national team during this tournament and, and before it and with my dad and my family and, and being together with the majority of good people and the minority of idiots I, I try to ignore. Um, but I think when it comes to Southgate and I look at the team, I was totally not involved with it five, six years ago. I was just like, in my mind, I'd actually got more angry that they took Sam Allardyce off us because it wrecked Sunderland. Still wrecking Sunderland that we lost Sam Allardyce. So I was just like, for God's sake, like, could I be any more disconnected? The example being John Terry, tremendous football player, tremendous football player. Um, probably, in my opinion, the best centre-back I've ever seen for England. And I'll have to stand by that. But it was very difficult to support a team I didn't connect with. And I'm not talking about the, the thing that was obviously abhorrent that people know John Terry's about. He was just a difficult person to connect with for me. And not just him, Lampard, I'm sure Lampard's a lovely guy, but I couldn't connect with it. There was this set of players. I can not only connect with them and bond with them and understand them and see where they've come from. They're also really, really talented. And most importantly, when it comes to Southgate, I can see such a progression. Yeah, it might not be as fast as I want it to be because I want to win the European Championship. I want it to win the World Cup. I want to be in the final of the World Cup. Yeah, that would be the mm. perfect progression if we were just in every final. But you know what? Like, I wish I had a gold plate toilet seat and I wish my I wish my wooly was five inches longer, but it's not. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. Um, and, and it might not be the best way to put it, but it, it's not. But, like, I can see a level of progression with this team. Every tournament, every game, I'm going, oh, we're better here. Oh, there's better players coming to the squad here. Um, I went into a major European Championship final against players like um, Chiellini, Donnarumma, uh, Verratti. players that five years ago I would have shit myself playing against. And I went in going, I'm bloody confident here because we're a good team, we're a good set of lads and they'll leave it all on the pitch. And you know what? They did. Yeah, I think Italy were probably the better side. If I'm honest, I I think they learned, they used experience. But... I mean, Declan Rice, I didn't really rate him that highly
2: before the tournament. What an absolute warrior he was last night. What I mean, a... him, him and Calvin Phillips have been unreal. Calvin Phillips hadn't played Premier League football up until last season. What a player.
1: I, I all sorry. my
2: words. And also, I think there's a big thing that needs to be made of this, and it's been on social media today, that after running, I think it was 83 kilometres throughout the tournament, only Jorginho moved further. He was the first player. And that's no disrespect. I'm not saying that Harry Kane should have been the first one or a senior player, a Henderson or a Walker, whoever but Calvin Phillips had the wherewithal about him probably hurting as much as we were to be the first one to sprint to Bakaio Saka at the end and console him, and that says more about him as a man than it does as a player, and and that's the type of group that we love following, and I I can only echo your thoughts about this is the best group of England players I've ever watched. Um, We spoke earlier in the series, didn't we, on various episodes about it was too clicky, back with that golden generation, it was too much of a club ethos, and and that's gone now in terms of it being fragmented in Man United, Liverpool, Man City, whatever it is. This is just now they turn up and the atmosphere is like a club. They, there's no, you know, club badge getting in the way. It's just we're here. We're here for the three lines. We're here for Gareth Southgate. And we're here to do the nation proud. And they keep doing that. But by God, please just win something and it'd be fucking unbelievable.
1: Yeah, like, I was desperate for, like, when Rashford came on yesterday, I always said that, that that ideal way to win it would be for Rashford to, like, score then just, like, celebrate in front of Boris. <laughs> that, that would have been the best way to do it. But on a serious note, like, when it comes to that England team, I'm just proud of them as people. Like, yeah. and I know I know it's corny, I know it's cheesy, but, like, and I, God, I wish I was proud of them as European champions. Of course I am. Um I'm a devastated, could I, could I kick Marcus Rashford up the arse for taking the penalty where they did? Yeah, yeah, definitely, of course I could, but am I proud of the man that he is? Uh, he's done much more than than that in his life, he's already succeeded more than... More.
2: Even the even the penalty is an isolated penalty, he takes penalties that way for his, his club, and, and, and nine times out of ten he scores. He's
1: Bruno
2: Fernandes does it, Jorginho does it, Jorginho's done it that way last night, and we're saying it's a great save from Pickford. Rashford's done it the same way it's clipped the post it's fine lines isn't it if, if it it's the inside of the post and rolls in chances are we could have got on and won the shootout and then he's a hero Gareth Southgate's a masterstroke so it's very fine lines and I had someone tweeted me last night and said um, Matt I enjoy what you do on Twitter but stop all these staggered run-ups and, and stuttering in the run-up and, 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 and juttering and jumping just put your foot through it I'm not going to sit here and barrack any England player that walks up in a shootout, whether not any player that does it at any level, whether that's my Sunday league team, for Gillingham, for Sunderland, for England, that takes balls of the highest order to do that, let alone in a final in front of a Pat Wembley where everybody's willing you to hit the back of the net because you know how close you are to potentially becoming football immortals. That, and that's how big it was last night. So I'm never, ever going to sit there and slag off Saka, Sancho, Rashford, Southgate, Waddle, Pierce. Oh, God, the list's long, isn't it? Very, <laughs> very long. I mean, there was a, an argument that said, um,
1: and, and we might as well go on about the penalties itself. Um, people said about senior pros taking them, and I've seen a lot of criticism of Sterling. I've seen um, Roy Keane, who I agree with nine times out of ten, but uh, Southgate chose them. And whether he's, whether that's true or whether he's taken doing the thing that Southgate does and taking the heat off anyone, I think it probably is true. I think he probably said, look, boys, I've watched you take penalties. But I love Jordan Henderson more than anything.
2: He missed a penalty against Colombia. He's a senior pro, a good senior pro. He missed one against Romania six weeks ago. Exactly. He can't stick stick one away in a friendly. No disrespect to Jordan Henderson. He offers a lot to this England squad. If he's not sticking one away in a friendly, you're not betting your mortgage on him, are you, to pop one away in a European Championship final in front of 90,000 at Wembley.
1: Tell me someone with bigger bollocks than Stuart Pearce. And he exactly. he took it and missed it. And Anyone can miss a penalty. It's it's the balls to take one. And it's, you know what, Shearer was speaking about last night and Alan Shearer, apart from that one he missed against Sunderland, which I like to remind him of, um, he was one of the best penalty takers I've ever seen. And because he always hit the top corner and even he was saying last night, he thinks it's different when it drops in the box and someone's made a foul and you pick it up and you put it on the spot and your eyes are focused on that goal. When you're walking from the centre circle... There's all that delay, isn't there? And it's, it's. I mean, Saka, Saka, Sancho, and and Rashford are probably combined the same age as my mum. Do you know what I mean? And my mum's not that old. <laughs> like, it's mental, so, isn't it? That I hope in time for them, I really do, and for me, of course, because I want to see them win something. I want to see this group win something. Um, other than just the plaudits they deserve, I want to see them actually with a, a medal around their neck and a trophy in their hands that could stand him in such good stead for a tremendous career. And with Southgate in charge of them, you've just got to hope that he goes, hey, look, I was there when I was wearing a, a Pizza Hut bag over my head and a nice eye holes in when it was okay to get like the media to hammer you. And I took a lot of stuff. The whole team is so supportive and so you can just see they're knitted together. They like playing for England and I like watching them for England. I mean, I can't remember the last time I told you, I texted my mate this morning first thing and said, here, are we joining this England travel club permanently or what? Like, let's get behind them because you know what? With Sunderland, I'll always love Sunderland, but it's been a hard slog for a long time and I feel a bit, disconnected from a lot of the players that are, are at Sunderland, if I'm honest with you. And I, and I think I'm not probably the only one. And that'll change. That'll flip around mm. once we get promoted, which we will eventually. I'll love them and they'll be the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but I'm having a an England moment that I had five to seven years ago with Sunderland. And mm. with England, I've always loved England. I'll always follow England. I, I desperately wish I was Brazilian, of course. But I, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm English. There's only one team I've got, but I'm enjoying I'll in
2: Ital- I'd be Italian for the summer. I don't mind that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, fair enough, yeah, yeah, I'd be Italian for the summer, yeah, to be fair, I mean, I, no way I've seen a lot of people criticising the the dark arts of the Italians, yeah, I think it's fine, no issues with that.
2: I've got no issue with the one on Saka, if that's Harry Maguire nah. doing that to, I don't know, Chiesa or someone, we're saying it's a good tactical fit. Fe- the one... On Grealish, though, I think he's a red card. That's that's a disgraceful challenge. It's 100% a red card. And he's over the top of the ball. I'm not, he's not two-footed. I don't get that. But he's an endangering another player. And whether I agree with the rule or not, the rule states if you endanger another player, it's a red card. And he's gone over the top of the ball with his studs on display. He's got both legs at the end of the day. He, he bounced off one knee and then managed to rake down the other thigh. And But we probably just sound like bitter Englishmen who are moaning and trying to find an excuse. That's not the reason we, we lost no, I think I think that was a. Red,
1: I, no, I don't. And I think it was probably what seven minutes from the end. I don't think it really would have made a difference. Italy defending the way they can, yeah, absolutely. And he missed the penalty anyway. But in isolation, yeah, definitely a red card. I I don't know whether Jorginho meant it, but that's besides the point. I don't I was, think yeah, regardless if it's in, in,
2: if it's deliberate. But he's he's over the top of the ball and he, he could have caused serious injury. So
1: yeah. Um. I wanted to question you. We've talked about the penalty a lot, and I think that's probably because that's at the forefront of world mind, and that's ultimately what decided the game. But there's a lot of discussion around it. Um, Saka taking the penalty. A few people said, if you were a senior, well, Roy Keane said it. If you were a senior, a senior member of the team, you would say you're not taking it. I'm taking it. I'm Is that feasible? Could you do that?
2: Oh, I don't know. It's difficult, and it, unless you're there and in amongst it, I'm not really sure. I know he said Grealish or Sterling should take one, but if if it's under instruction from the manager, you're not going to go against the manager that's got you to the final, are you? And and Grealish has tweeted today in response to that and said, I asked to take one. So it's Grealish was adamant that he wants one. And I I believe him. I think Jack Grealish is the type of character that that thrives on that type of environment and that type of pressure. Whether it was enough to, to overrule someone, are you really going to go against what team instructions in the middle of the most important penalty shootout since... Maybe he well, thought. Maybe he, he thought he was going to be too confident. Yeah, y- you never know. Maybe he
1: thought, well, like, Grealish is that confident. Maybe he'll try like one of those run-ups and might do something daft and blah blah blah. Y- you
2: never really know what no, Southgate that's what I said. Lest, we're not. We, he sees them every day. For he's seen them every day for the best part of two months. Apparently we talk about them twice a week. Apparently, it was South um, Southgate had Pickford down as the sixth. Apparently, you can see him picking the players,
1: and Pickford would usually be the sixth. Now, for me, he took one in the Nations League, didn't he? He takes a good penalty from mm. from what I remember. Yeah, um, I did want to chat about Pickford. Um,
2: I'm part of the tournament for me for England. Yeah, me too. Because just last night he just he just swayed over over Raheem Sterling for me. He was absolutely phenomenal last night.
1: Huge fan of Jordan Pickford for very obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. I I will hold a candle to Jordan Pickford till the day I die. I love him. I think he's great. I love that. I think he was talking to the ref, but I loved the relaxation before the Georgie Dino penalty. He was never really missed a penalty. And he's just like talking to the ref like, yeah, no problem. He just, he always looked like he was going to save that. And it's weird how much confidence I had in it. And the flip side, I always felt like, (coughs) because stories happen in football that Rashford might be the one that might miss. Um, And it's unfortunate because stories sometimes exist in football like that. And and I've got to be honest, I've got a lot more, Faith in England saving penalties with Pickford dead. And I have us scoring them because of our history. But um, I just think Pickford throughout the tournament, um, people will listen to this and go, Sunderland podcast, of course, he's going to say that. So let's ask a Gillingham fan. Jordan Pickford is undoubtedly the best English goalkeeper around and should be number one for years to
2: come, right? Yeah, I don't think you have to be watching the Premier League every every week or every, twice a week to, to understand just how good he's been in this tournament. I know he's made a few errors for forever and over the last 18 months since the World Cup. But when he pulls on an England he's probably had 45 below par minutes in the whole tournament. If, and that's probably been harsh. He had the, the final 15 minutes against Ukraine, he got a bit flappy and a little bit, I don't know whether he got overconfident because we were winning the game. And then it just sort of filtered into the Germany game as well. Um, I think it was where he lobbed it to Werner, didn't he, in the first 10 minutes? Oh no, sorry, the Denmark game. Denmark him. Yeah, against that's Ukraine right. into the Denmark game, German game. He was absolutely spot on. Um but aside from that, he's made some phenomenal stops. <laughs> Again, it's very English, isn't it, that we've got a keeper that saved two penalties in a shootout in a final and we still managed to mess it up. But Jordan Pickford can only walk away with that tournament with his, held, his head held incredibly high because categorically England's number one at the moment. It'll take a catastrophic loss of form for him to lose that shirt in the next six months, 12 months.
1: Absolutely agree. Um I think it's hard to sum up and you very fairly came on and I probably, to be fair to myself, came on and, and had to speak about something, which is people might think this sounds dramatic, but this is like, it's like that breakup you have when you're not really expecting the breakup and you've had a brilliant relationship and we've all been there. And then one day the other person goes, don't be with you anymore, actually. And there's just that giant hole. So I think to be able to come on and speak about it is, a testament to me, testament to you, but fair enough. And to be fair, Jack wanted to come on as well, but obviously he's working. But um, before we go, it's been a really good run. I've really enjoyed these Euros. I've really enjoyed being mm-hmm. together. Like, just the podcast alone, take out everything yeah. else. Like, being in the games has been really good fun. But um, I don't know if you have this off-kilter, but goal of the tournament for you?
2: Overall or from an England perspective? Overall. Cool. Um... Patrick Schick versus Scotland. Sorry, Scotland fans. Uh, Yes, because it's that far out, but probably no because David Marshall's basically (laughs) in the north of England (laughs) when he makes contact. Um, The Chiesa one against Spain in the semis, decent, Tremendous. it far corner. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the one against us dams God that's a hell of a hit again it's that over tendency to try and blame people for, from our point of view but it's a bloody good free kick if René so, does that Sky Sports going absolutely mental Jim White's probably tossing himself off into oblivion bless him but, <laughs> um, Christian, uh, Christensen against um, oh yes against the Russians Russians in the final group game that side foot that generated so much power Screamer To to, to give it a Gillingham link, and if there are Gillingham fans uh, listening... The only person I've ever seen it a ball like that on a consistent basis live, and that's in any level of football, was Robert Taylor for Gillingham when he was there for 18 months. To get that much power through laces or just a side foot and an instep is unreal. And to control it in that magnitude, again, was, was phenomenal from Andreas Christensen. And Especially when you're chucking the fact that he's a centre-back, yeah. Um, he's not even a striker or a forward thinking now, player. Now, now we have bad. to go
1: back to Gillingham and Sunderland and it's just like, oh God, I've got to watch players that can't control the ball again. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: back to Moaning when it bobbles on the touchline. Oh God. Here we it's, go. Um, I'll probably go... There's probably one we've missed, isn't there? There's probably an absolute belter that we've probably absolutely really missed. But, but the one, one that sticks out for me in recent games is, and is because we've watched so much football is, is Chiesa because it was a semi-final. It's a really good... He had a really good tournament. Um, yeah. Trying to think of... From an England point of view, I don't think we scored any screamers, did we? There's some really, really good team goals, I think, was how we scored our goals this year, wasn't there? If you go back... The Philips run, let's go for them all just to cheer ourselves up. The Phillips run is, is, is brave and belies the lack of experience he has at that level. That's his first tournament going. We've got to remember that and to, to, to show that energy and that prowess and that nerve to then play the pass at that weight to get Sterling in is brilliant. Jack Grealish, he had his moments, probably not enough of them from his own point of view, but that's a brilliant cross to stand up for Sterling in the Czech win. The two goals are really good against the Germans, aren't they? Break Very on the pace. Goals. We've got loads of options. We've got overlaps. We've got players in the box. Luke Shaw, when he started, Luke Shaw really came to the fore in that game. And you started thinking, hang about, we've got a potentially a world-class left-back here that probably wasn't being talked about at the start of the tournament.
0: He's a um, for
2: player of the tournament for England as well. I think he's got to be in there. He's in my... Team of the tournament? I think he's in my top three. He's... he's, he's he came third for me in terms of top three for England. Mine were Pickford, Sterling, and Shaw. Sure. Yeah, I'd agree. I think there was a few that were probably, if you take out goals and assists, were probably on that similar level with Luke Shaw. But the fact that he then contributed three assists and a goal as well in a Carl, final. Carl Walker, Carl Walker, um, Maguire.
1: Great run yeah, from Maguire. Wish he take boy, penalties more. It. Never thought I'd say that, but I wish he takes. I, I would like him to take our penalties all the time now because the way he smashed the camera, he the camera and
2: completely s- broke the camera.
1: So much aggression came at me when that went in. I think, I think the majority of people, the Glasgow fans, on knew at that point. Maybe not to rile me because I probably looked like it was a lot tougher than I was. The way I screamed, that like the, I was.
2: <laughs> that was the point where we all just believed that uh-huh. it might just happen. But then I did very quickly turn around to my wife and kids and say means nothing unless Rashford scores. Yeah. It's like in tennis, isn't it? If you, if you break a player's serve, but then if you get broken the next game, it means bugger all, saving parts. And unfortunately, it quickly went the other way. But if we're summing it up as a whole tournament for England, it's, it's been brilliant. Like you Great. said, pro, progress is a key word. The fact that we could... If you sat here now and said, everyone's fit for Qatar, pick that squad... Who are you probably put who are you taking out that's that's not available? Probably Trent. Yeah. I think you could comfortably take that squad to Qatar and be very, very competitive again. And that's That's the thing. Two oldest players in a squad, even if we're talking about the next Euros and take Qatar out of the equation. Cow everyone, everyone else will be there. You'd say the only two that might not make the next Euros in four years are Walker and Henderson. They'll both be thirty five, but such is fitness this time of uh, in the modern game that they might still be about. They might not be first choice, but. And we'll have more coming through by then as well in four years. That's what you've got to remember.
1: You'll also have. Four Bellingham years. will be
2: 21, 22.
1: Oh, so you've got You've got a much more experienced Champions League playing Bellingham unless things go wrong. You've got Trent Alexander Arnold come back in, who will be about 24 at the time. Rhys James will be about 23, 24. And Trippier is only going to be early, what, mid 30s? What, 31, 32, 30,
2: 30, 32, I think so.
1: So we're, we're pretty stocked. And I, I think it would be very difficult for that team to come back from the semi-final, defeating a penalty, defeating the final, and not want to absolutely go and
2: fall ham. If we look at Southgate's progress, we've gone fourth, third and second, haven't we? If you go yeah. World Cup, Nations League, European Championships. I'm not bit, going to sit yeah. here and say that we're, we're going to win the World Cup, but because unfortunately you have to factor in the type like uh, the Colombians and the Argentinians and the Brazils all of a sudden. Um, ah. But... Ah. Um, <laughs> it's certainly doable, isn't it? And I think that's probably the biggest thing to come out of Gareth Southgate's reign so far is that that we believe, we genuinely believe, we don't get arrogant because of free lions, um, but we genuinely believe that, that we can go to the business end of these competitions. It doesn't mean we're going to win them all, but we're disappointed because we lost on penalties in the final. I think if we got to a final five, six, seven years ago, we'd have gone, who cares? And I almost said that on the preview show, didn't I, that it almost was like it was a bonus, but it still means everything. But, yeah. We're in good hands in terms of players and coaching staff as well. And I think you need to give credit to a lot of Steve Holland and Chris Powell as well on the fitness teams there because they've been absolutely phenomenal. And Gareth Southgate spoke really highly of Steve Hollands today in his press conference. It's, um, it's going to hurt for a long time, I think, to sum up. And, but once the dust settles and, and, and we, we get back to watching Jules and Sunderland we realise how blessed we were this summer to watch very very good football and play very very good games
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a guarantee um, before we go Donnarumma won player of the tournament no disrespect to him I think, don't even think he was the best Italian
2: player Um no, I, was, I think that's come because he saved penalties no I think yeah. there was much better Italian I think Keelini was class even though he missed the game Bernucci uh, the lad who missed the final Spizzanola uh, Spizzanola Spizzanola Benazola, that was it. That's the the pasta. Well, that's what we call him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and and in fairness to Emerson, he was very good second half after taking an absolute belting in the first half and from Chiffure and was. Walker. He recovered really well. And, and that, that says all you need to know about the Italian mentality, ability, management.
1: Who would you give the player a tournament to? If it was a Jills in the blood award.
2: Uh, there's been a few real good ones it has and you look at the team of the tournament as well There was, but there's some good players that you, th- you think Ronaldo was bloody good and he only played four games and he, could, he contributed six goal contributions so Lukaku was brilliant for Belgium before they got knocked out there was Schick you'd have never mentioned Schick he'd be in contention for the player of the tournament top scorer before it had started it's probably got to be an Italian though hasn't it but, it's got to be yeah. Too many of them were very good, which pisses me off.
1: Chiellini for me, <laughs> just because.
2: Jorginho was spot on throughout the tournament.
1: Yeah, the I mean, the one that I marked before the tournament as their best player was probably the one that was didn't live up to the hype, and still had a great tournament for variety. But he was yeah, probably wasn't quite fit, was he? Just overshadowed by other players in his team. Um, yeah, for me, Chiellini. Um, I don't hold any grievances towards. Me. I know some people don't like his antics. Uh, I'm a big Pepe fan, so I'm not going to pot kettle black yeah, like that you one. Said already, the <laughs> halfway
2: on any center, any centre half worth They're waiting gold doing it, aren't they? To stop the geezer's gonna, the geezer's got a run on you. He's not catching sacker, He knows that, so no. he's got two options. He lets him run in on behind on goal, or Take he gets him down by his neck. And he, he did the second one, and that's why they, that's why he's won so much. Just take the yellow. It's fine. Um, I'm going to go
1: Chiellini, Player of the Tournament. Yeah, uh, definitely Chiellini for me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't think too many can argue. And England, Pickford. Yeah, as we've discussed. Yeah, just Pickford for me after last night was very, very good. Um, I'm really sad to say, it. it's like the last your 2020 podcast. I'm actually really sad about it. Like, I didn't think I'd enjoy not just the tournament this much because I'm English. I expect us to go out a little bit sooner and this, just because we're English. Um, but I've been to four of the games. One croatia Czech Republic, one Scotland against Croatia and obviously the Germany and Denmark game. Um, not just because I've been to the games. I've had time in my life past seven weeks after a horrendous, horrendous 17, 18 month for all of us. And it's been brilliant. And I hope that if anything... As a, a, a nation, the, the good ones among us, and you know who you are. We stay together, we stay bonded, we, we laugh in the face of defeat. And as I said before, as the I think the Rashford Mule says, let, let your comeback define you, not your, not your setback. Um, as cheesy as it may sound and as Instagrammable, courtish as it may sound, there's a lot of years left in me yet, hopefully. A lot of years left in that team. Um, and obviously, hopefully a lot of years left in you as well, Matt. So there's still a lot of hope. And if, without without hope in football, there's no real point. And um, because
0: in that's general,
2: it. we'll keep singing free lines, which we, yeah. we still believe because we have no choice. I'll be still singing World in Motion to be fair, but that's that's just well, that choice. as well. <laughs>
1: and Vindaloo, Vindaloo, of course, got to be all than them on it. But Matt, I've really appreciated you coming on, Scott coming on during the earlier stages, uh, Gabe coming on, Jacob coming on, Jack, of course, who's been with us, Ian, who's been with us, Connor, who's been with us, uh, Tom, who's been with us. And I'm sure I've probably missed someone like Chloe, um, Andrew from um, Zoraya. Uh, Got it oh, wrong. Ukraine. Ukraine. Yes, Please do, <laughs> Andrew, if you're listening, do forgive me. I'm horrendous at being Ukrainian, um, and obviously um, Tom as well, who was the most in-depth German slash English yeah. fan in the oh, world enjoy ever. It. Um, Everyone who's been on has been brilliant. It's been so much fun. Um, it's made me kind of remember why I like football so much after I openly fell out of love with it a little bit last year with no fans and my football team doing a massive, massive summons. Um However, we have to go back to that now. But um, when it comes to England, I just hope that it continues to be that kind of wave of positivity that we felt during the late 90s after you were 96. And Hopefully this time we do another tournament, we'll be back sweating our asses off in Qatar. Hopefully we'll lay it together or watching with a nice British summer on the TV and and hopefully we would go just that one step further. Um, Do subscribe if you've enjoyed it. Obviously, there'll be a lot more content coming that's not going to be Euros-based. Who knows, I might keep the England stuff up because I've enjoyed it. Um, But thanks to everyone for listening.
2: I'll get involved if you continue to do it because I think it's it's been bloody good fun. Like I was saying, it's nice to talk to People on the same team like we said right at the start when we started doing this didn't we in the preview show because you know we can come on and we talk about Sunderland playing Jules and club allegiances but it's been nice to all be on the same side and yeah we'll get over it (laughs) We always do mate Matt thanks very much Pleasure as always mate